Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, super excited to be here today. Oh, you like the intro? Love awesome. the intro. <laughs> I have Sean Blanda here, uh, Director of Content at Crossbeam, and uh, we're going to be diving into the wonderful world of content. Um, obviously, I enjoy content. We are doing it today. Um, but uh, there's definitely been some struggles I've had over the years. I've seen our clients have, so excited to chat with you about it. Cool. Very, very fun to be here. Uh, I love candy. I love content. I love uh, nerding about the stuff. So let's go. How about sour candy though? I'm ready. So yeah, like the, these like were kind of currency in my middle school. Like I remember where like the way people describe cigarettes, like in the big house is the way like warheads work. Like someone would like have their mom buy them a case of warheads and like distribute them and like charge you a quarter a piece. So, um, I still, one of the great pleasures of adulthood is you can just buy candy whenever you want after working so hard for it your entire childhood, so. I love it, I love it. Now, let's kind of try to get into the nitty gritty here because I think there's been content that's like monster that has changed a ton. And I don't know if like I personally have even fully caught up to it. And what I mean by that is mm -hmm. when we think about content today, a lot of us just go to our blog. And mm -hmm. it's this concept of uh, we have a product that solves some type of pain and we want to be in this like area of like when someone realizes they have a problem and they go to explore a solution, we want to make sure we get them into our funnel, right? We can retarget mm -hmm. them, show some type of value. Mm -hmm. But when you start to look at the data, sometimes <laughs> it's hard to justify mm -hmm. that that assumption is actually working. Mm -hmm. So in your opinion, what is the purpose of your blog as a SaaS company in 2020? Like how should we start foundationally of thinking our, what our blog does for our business? Yeah, I think it's better to think of it. I mean, there is a funnel. They do need to make a purchase at the end. I'm not Pollyanna about this, but I think when you get too transactional the way you approach it, you can get yourself in pretty uh, ugly and or boring places very quickly. And instead, it's better to think about you are building an audience of people who could possibly uh, pay for your product. So um, I think every, anyone that's in marketing, anyone watching this knows that like earned media and guest posts and like kind of the old school way of getting your name out there is becoming increasingly harder. It's so like messy and loud. Um, and it's easier if you could own those media channels yourself where you have a direct pipeline to the audience you want. So I view content almost like you're building a media brand on the back of your product and the conversion is yes sign up for your product but that's not the goal of the media brand the media brand is to serve and help this community of people who could possibly buy your product and i think it's a different way of looking at it then i need to move them along i love that now let's ask a nuanced question can we actually do that <laughs> and is that like, true <laughs> well, no, i mean like genuinely like do blogs yeah. actually build audiences in SaaS communities if it's not a freemium product because if it's not okay, yeah because you go and everybody's like oh i want to have a brand like drift but they don't have like two million users who use their free widget or everything mm -hmm. you do from there becomes easy like how do you build a like does the salesforce have a community on their blog in all honesty like i mean but no right or maybe not maybe, well, they do but they do right like salesforce is a great example right like the biggest tech conference in the world at least in level four times right or was Dreamforce. And like they that's have trailblazers, but is that what their blog does? Is my whole so if we go back to the blog. Oh, just, the, oh, just blog specific, you're saying. Oh, uh, because yeah. people say I want a blog to build my audience. 
for what? Yet I right. haven't seen anybody's blog have an audience outside of like Moz and a couple select niche verticals. Mm -hmm. And the only reason they have one is because they have this like eccentric thought leader founder who's truly exceptional at it. Mm -hmm. And then they also have like a really big reach and they've used guest posting right. And so they've become like more of a platform than a blog. And mm -hmm. like, so I guess my whole thing is like, when we think of our blog, can it really build an audience in your mind? Yes. And it's, it's where does the middle of the funnel start is really what we're talking about, right? Because if it's freemium, it's much easier to be like, I will pass you off to the blog to the free, you know, drift freemium, right? But if your software is $10,000 a year, there's a huge middle ground that needs to be taken care of there. And that's where the blog has to hand it off to something a little more high touch, whether that's like a Slack community or an event or like some AMAs or something like this, right? Like how do you get people to express a deeper interest, but also you get to understand and serve their pain points, like their more very specific pain points. Okay. And, and I mean, and to go back to the Moz example, right? Like those examples always are always hard because they are marketers writing about marketing with a marketing platform. And it can get a little like, it's like the kind of the courses that teach you how to make money teaching courses and ebook about writing ebooks. Like it can get a little like inception-y. And I think it's instead more instructive to look at maybe the more boring companies or the less like flashy companies that are just kind of doing a little more quietly. Yeah, I'd love that. Now, it's time. All right, where are we at? I'm doing a warhead right here. I've got, it looks like a cherry lime. I didn't know those were flavors. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, this is like a, a black cherry. This is, this is bad video because you can't see what I'm doing. I'm going to go black cherry here. But dear viewer, I mean, look at this. Look at this bountiful riches we have here. Oh, my God. Oh, All right, we're going black cherry. Let's go. All right, let's see what you got. <laughs> uh, it would help if I had the motor skills to open these little packs. There we go. Hey, we're marketers. Okay, we're not athletes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the athletic competition. Uh, okay. Don't eat the plastic. There's plastic. All right. Oh, I, can, I can do this. I can manage this. Three of these, maybe not, but one I can. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It, 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 it's a challenge. Now, my opinions have shifted because I was all in on kind of your perspective. And I've, I've come across a couple things. I've been trying to make blog stuff work for myself for like mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. And you have, but like, you have to be so good at it. And being so good at it is so it's expensive. Hard. That right. when you look at it, you always end up stopping because there's smarter places to put your money mm -hmm. in any window of time it feels like. Now, right. in our heart of hearts, we all know, yeah, if we had a brand and a massive audience, everything would be easier. It's just a little hard to get there. So I started really believing in functional content, content mm -hmm. that plugs right into the product. Yeah, okay. jobs to be my done favorite, content, as they call it, right? So my, my first like, example right now is like Workable. They do HR recruiting software. Mm -hmm. um, they, it's like an applicant tracking system, ATS software. And mm -hmm. they essentially built this massive library where they have over, you know, 800 job descriptions. And these all rank for every, like, accounting job description, CPA job description, like, marketing job description, demand gen job description. And they rank for all of it. It's brilliant. And then mm -hmm. every one of those, you can post a job today 
mm-hmm. using that job description and it fully syncs into their platform. And it's like amazing. The reason I love it, right? Uh, scaling the content, super easy because it's research driven. You require no thought leadership. You can pull any writer from anywhere in the world. They can copy and paste this template. And then mm-hmm. the concept scales. So now you have job descriptions. Well, we move that to interview questions. Mm-hmm. Then we move that to reference questions. Then we move mm-hmm. that and it keeps scaling. And next we have this database almost of like functional content that plugs into our product. It's like the same thing I'm doing with like glossaries and FAQs. So should people be doing more of that or do they still need to be doing more blog, I guess? Because I so, feel like we struggle to do both. I think it's the problem of uh, like, don't categorize the content by the medium it's in, right? Because the thing that's most relevant to your audience will depend. So that's a good example. Is it workable, right? Like that format is the most useful to their audience. Or like Active Campaign does this. They have like recipes, right? Like for arranging their uh, their email. Or like Zapier does the same thing. Like exactly. here's a bunch of apps, right? So like don't view it as I need to post a blog or I need to post a podcast or I need to host a webinar. Just be like, what is the thing that is a pain in the ass for my customers or would be customers? And how can I solve that problem? The product is a lot of that, but what like non-product things can you do? So the workable thing is a great example. Like they struggle, I imagine, writing job descriptions and finding like uh, best of breed job descriptions. So give it to them, right? It doesn't have to be a blog post. doesn't have to be by the founder. It's just useful stuff. So be useful. And this is why I get a little like uh, angsty when people get too caught up in like, oh, I need SEO or I need this or I need that. It's like everything should come through people. So like what do the people that you need uh, that you would like to buy your product, what do they need? What do they struggle with? Solve it. Like that's the business you're in if you're so in. Then, this is going to be a fun one for you then. What do you think of keyword research and how people keep putting it on a pedestal over their audience? Like where does keyword research fit for true content marketing? Yeah, this is probably one of my more like hot take your takes, but I think people like doing keyword research because it's easily measurable. That they can turn to the person above them and be like, look, we tried to get these keywords and we did and here's the traffic we got. And that there is like some utility in that, but to me, it's like just one tool in the toolbox. And I think too many people obsessively focus on that because it's like, look, I'm doing something. Like, look, we're, we're ranking for this when it doesn't necessarily result in dollars or even like brand awareness on the other side. And you see a lot of race to the bottom stuff happening when people get too involved with keywords. So, and I think whenever you try to start a content program, you need to pick your, your distribution channels and SEO will be undoubtedly one of them. And depending on the business you're in, it could be, you know, 40% or 10%, but it should not be hundred percent. And I think people get way too caught up in it. Okay. No, I love that. Now, one of the biggest breakthroughs we had at directive was we didn't have, we had our content. Mm-hmm. But content the way it works today like your blog is hard when i kind of was harping on the audience piece it's hard to actually get people to come back to your blog blog subscribers isn't what it used to be and there's not people kind of got rid of the commenting and like a lot of that like community a blog used to be a community mm-hmm. and now there's more effective ways of creating community like for example we launched our slack group for SaaS marketers totally mm-hmm. free Everyone on my growth team runs it. So the guys who like run my paid media are in there. People who run my organic are in there. People who run content are in there. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing. The quality and value that comes out of this group mm-hmm. is mind boggling compared to, I feel like the value you get from a one directional mm-hmm. blog. So where like as content marketing people listening, how should we be thinking about community? Is, do we need Slack groups? Do we need Facebook groups? Is that something that's not important? Like, what's your take on like 
content, high value products, and like what's in between. Yeah, that, that middle is like the hardest thing to solve. And it's actually something like I'm actively working on at my job. It's like the, the building of the audience is like hard, but harder still is how do I keep them around, keep them engaged, keep them interested, and continue to provide value. Um, historically, I've always felt like it's been in-person events. I genuinely feel that in-person events is usually the answer for most businesses. Now we're in like unprecedented times. And then I think you're seeing a rise of Slack groups and live events like like online live events like this one, like kind of fill the gap. And honestly, I don't think we know the answer right now because it's- uh, Content to in-person events. Like I know why I, I do dinners all the time through my SDR team and everything else. But yeah. I do from so one thing, if you're doing content well, you're advocating for an opinion or a worldview, right? Which is what you're talking about like Moz, right? Like the thought leadership, we're saying, we believe the world looks like this. And this is the kind of person who would use Moz and follow us. Then okay. your conference is then just like the more deeper engaging articulation of that worldview with people like pushing back on that, whether it's like live speakers or roundtables or workshops, like you can figure out the thing that's best for your audience. But I... I do it like a continuum, right? Like someone can spend a minute with your brand by, you know, uh, like reading a tweet or they can spend three days with your brand, like going to a conference and then they can spend tens of thousands of dollars with your brand by paying for your software. And your job is to just figure out how to move people along there and keep it useful and engaging the whole time. I love that. So when you say moving people along, how are you currently measuring how you're moving people along? Uh, right. Like, yeah. So right now we we're like fairly young company. Uh, I've only been in this role for a year and a month, right? So there's lots of lots to be done. Um, but in general, it's how many people are visiting. There's so there's qualitative and quantitative. So quantitative is how many people are visiting, how many are reading, how many, and then the next is like, do you sign up for the email newsletter? And then after that's like, do you sign up for a free trial? And it's like, do you connect your data and then find a partner? Right. That's kind of like the rough steps. And at different points in my time here, we work on different parts and we definitely have uh, like lots where when you're, it's like when you move into a new house, there's so many rooms to fit. There's so many there rooms to fix. So there's lots of work to do there. Um, that's how we do it quantitatively. Qualitatively for a young company like us where um, the network effect is so crucial where like you can only not, you get the most use out of crossbeam with a partner, right? So the brand awareness is extremely important for us that you should be able to say to your partner, let's get on crossing and they know exactly what we are. So we have a lot of qualitative things we keep track of. Like when our sales team goes into a sales call for the first time, do they go, Oh, I've heard of you guys because of your content. Right. Yeah. Or uh, when uh, someone is struggling with some aspect of the partner uh, partnership world or process, do we have something we can give them to like help their life out? And, like, what do they react and respond when we do that? So it's like a combination of both. It's early innings right now. I imagine this will get much more, Flushed it, flushed out as we. Is there a tool that our audience can use to track, like essentially? So you have in your HubSpot, you can have like conditional logic. Have some mm -hmm. Yes. Have they done this? Yes. And is there a way to visualize like a funnel of like, you know, quarterly mm -hmm. visitors, quarterly newsletters, quarterly, even if it doesn't have to go, you know, one by one? Is there any tool you're using for that, or are we still have? Yeah. And, and this is where I depend on my uh, director of growth, Matt, Matt Nakosha, who puts everything in Redash, and that's the way we consume all this content. So uh, I'm very lucky that I can go to him and say, you know, or he tells me like, here's what we should care about, and then we work together to make like the most digestible format. And we literally have something that posts in our Slack channel every day, like, hey, you're 15% along this goal, and we're 70% in the quarter. You know, we keep track every single day how we're tracking. And that's in Redash, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. it's like a SQL database that visualizes. Yeah, it's a visual. Yeah, visualize SQL database. And there's something that sits in between there that I don't quite know off the top of my head, but yeah. 
That's awesome. I wrote that down. Now, you said something earlier that I can't let go, and I wanted to make sure I asked this from our earlier question, but you said Crossbeam, we want to people to have heard of us mm -hmm. so that when we say, hey, well, let's do it on Crossbeam, it worked. And then you said, so we need content. Now, mm -hmm. I function very much as like a chief revenue officer, and I love to do like financial modeling, all these things. So if you were going to me as a chief revenue officer, why should I put my budget mm -hmm. and view content as an awareness play when I could put it into connected TV, programmatic, or something like that to drive awareness? Well, like, it, why should I do that content in your mind? So it depends like where the opportunities are in your particular space. So for this space, our audience is mostly people who work in biz dev, sales, and partnerships. So I think you could say sales is pretty well uh, taken care of when it comes to like content. There's lots of lots of blogs and publications and conferences out there. Partnerships, on the other hand, while there are communities and our books and thought leadership, it's not nearly to the scale it should be. So one of like the core beliefs of our company is that uh, these companies collaborating via data is like the future of SaaS. And that's like the opinion we're standing on. And we need yeah. to put our money where our mouth is, not only with our product, but how we are articulating this worldview and serving other people who will believe in this worldview. So it's like more of an emission alignment than me telling you, here's the exact percentage of funnel that it's going to result in a sale. So when we, when we scan the landscape, we're like, who is being underserved? And it's like this group we feel uh, has a lot. So even just us writing like really basic, like one-on-one stuff, like, um, and, and I learned along the way, cause I'm new to this space too. It's like, yeah. what's a tech partnership? What's a strategic partnership? What is co-marketing? What does a good co-marketing campaign look like? Every time we publish something like that, uh, we get this like input of email saying like, oh, thank God, I someone articulate this. Like I kind of felt like that you're very much like, let's say profit well, where they entered a marketplace where there's no really strong content around SaaS metrics for financials. And as yeah. long as you literally can create that, because it's like a blue ocean, it's a blue ocean opportunity where there's like a vacancy in the market. There's a vacuum where there's every tech company has a head of partnerships, has this great partnership team, has SDRs focused on it, has mm -hmm. AE supporting it. But you can't say what's the biggest partnership blog off the top of your head. Right. And that's why you believe there's such an opportunity there. Is that a fair assessment? That is. And I think that goes with any company. Like, why are you starting the company if you don't believe there's this huge oppor underserved opportunity, right? Like those, those things can kind of go hand in hand with the right content strategy. Now, I'm not going to say content solves all problems or every company should have this content. Yeah. Like, that's absolutely not what I'm saying. But that is one, I think, underutilized way for a lot of companies, for sure. Now, we have one more piece of candy. All right. I'm still on my last yeah. one. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Apologies. Apologies. All right. We're going to go. Hiding it so well, I couldn't even tell. Well, coffee and sour candy doesn't mix in case anyone was curious. I should have said something like literally, I have to finish all my coffee in the morning, like eat lunch, and then I'll have another one because it's not gonna, yeah, you can't just <laughs> right. like brushing your teeth in orange juice. It's the <laughs> not work. All right. <laughs> all right. Oh, there's, there's, a, there's a splash graphic too. It's amazing. <laughs> Come on. All right. Hopefully not eating plastic. There we go. This one was oh, that one was more shower. That one's more shower. Yeah, yeah I don't I, yeah. That was way more sour. So I can imagine everybody listening. I was like, yeah, Sean, that's great. It's so cool that you have this open opportunity. But in my industry, like everyone's been doing a blog for like 10 years. 
and I feel stuck with my content strategy. Like I don't mm-hmm. know what to do. Mm-hmm. Do I have a blog? Yeah. Did we stop funding it like three years ago because we couldn't prove ROI? Yeah. Right. So it's there. It's crap. I know it's crap. By the way, this is like 99.9% of my job is the talking people who have content that they've kind of frankly given up on. Right. Like they won't say that. And they're like, no, no, we know content's important. But I'm seeing all these SaaS companies move content from an acquisition strategy to enablement strategy. Right. Because they gave up. They truthfully gave up and they found that it was more efficient to allocate capital to sales development. Is more efficient to have, like allocate capital to paid media, to like SEO in some cases. But the idea yeah. of content, building an audience, communicating your brand values, is like dying on the vine. Why is that? What can we do different? Like, what's the solution to getting content back to acquisition, or is that just done? No, I think it's it's there, and I don't think it requires a huge investment. I mean, eventually, yes. I think one person with a, like a, a very targeted strategy and what they're trying to do publishing, like you could publish two things a month and nail it. And you can outperform as one person, like one savvy person, marketing teams of like five or 10. Like I've, how, I've how seen do we get it. Read it. How do we get people to read it? How do we, cause like the, the problem is not like, I, I do this, right? I'll write this world-class piece of content. And it's really hard to like, feel like it was worth it. So like, how mm-hmm. do we, you say they can crush it. They can write two pieces a month. Why though? How do they crush it? What, what's that next thing they have to do? Because there's plenty of people that are writing good content. They get nothing from it. So like, what's the, what are they missing? I would say two, so two things. Like one, you don't have an, like an alignment with your target audience, whatever that is. Like if you were, cause if you are writing on the back of an existing company, you have distribution channels, right? There's like customer mailing lists, there's social media. I'm sure you have some sort of SEO program. Like you have some tools at your disposal. You're not going from a standing start. Right? You have things. And I think you know this if you've ever seen something like get popular. It often starts with the seed of people who like it. They pass it. And then it goes, right? Yep. And the distribution channels is one thing. You can email it. But it's getting it to the, get that second and third level. And that's about knowing your audience and what they care about and what they get excited about. And that's what something I can't. That is. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, is it because there's still like a category of content. Like, so how yeah, does I think the fastest way I could say is like, you like have an opinion and tell me something I haven't heard before and back it up. Truly. Like I picture it like we, if you were at the bar with a bunch of people in your industry and you stood up and were like, you know what? SEO's dead. Like that would start the conversation, right? Everyone would be like, no way. And like, you go back and forth, like make your case, like make your case and your worldview for whatever your company's built on or whatever you think is like when you read the space as like an expert and let, and let that, and let that like stand true. Like, you, everyone does this in some sort of niche or vertical. Like I'm a big sports fan, right? Like I will read a compelling sports fan take about why uh, Daryl Morey is going to like sink the Sixers, right? Like I will oh, read Jared Goff so much better than Carson Wentz. Like whatever that is, like <laughs> you have to be able to think about whatever that argument so I'm in. I'm in. If we weren't talking about SaaS right now, I'd be like, Garrett, I, w- I need to know because I'm going to fight with you right now, right? Like truly, and, and this doesn't mean like hot takes for just the purpose of like yeah. saying something, but like you believe something as a veteran of your industry or someone who steers at this all the time. And if you don't have industry experience, go talk to dozens and dozens of people in that space. And the like sacred cows and third rails will surface like pretty quickly. And I think that's how it starts. Like pretend you're talking to people and not like the keyword oh, guys. Yeah, so I'm Sean right now. I get what you're saying. So let me, let me see if I can repeat this to you, if this makes sense. So okay. I'm Sean, Crossbeam. Mm-hmm. And my content strategy 
is intrinsically to say that the number one thing holding back partnership sales and marketing today is spreadsheets. And if you can get yourself out of spreadsheets, you can equal X amount more revenue by simply changing it. And here's how, and I could essentially make that my enemy, mm -hmm. right? I take whatever the current thing. So like I'm an SEO shop. I believe link building is dead. Mm -hmm. and I built a solution to solve what that vacuum was attempting to accomplish. And that becomes my content strategy. Instead of saying, here's 25 reasons why you need to do link building. I should yeah, say, <laughs> so it's more about having a true opinion. Yeah. Of, like, yeah. I mean, you know, this as a founder, right? Like starting a company is a creative act. It is yeah. right. Like you believe the world is, or should look a certain way and you want to get it there. Right. It's also a capitalistic act. I'm not, I'm not trying to be altruistic here, but it's a creative act. And that creative act can be reflected across the brand in multiple ways and content is one of them. So like one of the things we believe in is like the ecosystem of partners of APIs of all these things connecting is the future, right? Like things being these platforms where data goes to die is less so where things are going. And instead it's just this interconnectivity where everyone can roll their own stack and you know, your position within the ecosystem is probably is just as important as what your product actually does. It's like a thing we believe. So it's a thing we infuse in all of our content. And it's like the, the, the case we put forward time and time again. So some people now are like, hell yeah, Garrett. Hell yeah, Sean. I'm all in on this. Like this is, I want to do this. Now the problem I have is my legal team will never let me have controversy. My founder acts like they want to have a brand. Mm -hmm. They act like they have opinions. But the second that they have a hater or someone talks crap online, they're going to shut me down and I'm going to look bad. Is there a way if you're in a content team right now that you can kind of create buy-in around this concept that we should have opinions? Because I think everyone believes conceptually what you're saying, Sean. Yeah. And I think they really struggle when they try to go internal on this. And because no. what you're saying is we need haters, right? Like the simplest way to build an audience is to have haters, right? Like you have to have enough of an opinion that someone That's actually good. reacts to you, good or bad, right? Like you have to be able – I think it's less hater. It's like, I want to know what you stand for and why your company is different, especially in SaaS, right? There's usually 15 tools to do the thing that you're purporting to do. So you have to take a different approach, not only from like, this isn't like a, a, a fake branding thing, but like literally like you can only prioritize certain things in your product and the certain kind of customer. And like, you're making those decisions actively, whether you, whether you know it or not. But yep. I think what you're referring to is like, what if your executives are too scared, right? It's like, it's like or what if, you know, legal is too scared. And I think being controversial is not the same thing as like putting forth an opinion. Like someone saying you're wrong is fine. Like someone saying you've like caused some grievous offense, social offense is a whole other issue. But I, I would, one thing that I try to do at any job I get at is I create like a one pager where it's like, what, like, what do we believe and like, who are we targeting? And then I write like, 50 fake headlines of the kinds of things we would write as a result of this. And I say, this is going to happen. And I need you to give me this runway to like explore this and put this out. And if they say no, then it's not, it's not the executive's not ready. They're just not. And that's a, that's a pure decision, but like getting that alignment first is incredibly important. I love that. Now you said getting it out. What are some tips? Cause I found that like my team, for example, like we keep getting better at the content creation. They're putting out amazing content. We're still struggling to promote it. I don't think that's just us. I think that's everybody. We, It's hard to get ad dollars behind paid promotion because there's better places to put the ad dollars. Mm -hmm. And then the communities are getting more and more saturated. So it's harder and harder to like 
go viral or to get people to share it unless your piece is like traditionally what i found the only types of content for example the marketing space that truly go viral are mm -hmm. data studies traditionally mm -hmm. large resources mm -hmm. that also have multiple contributors that are like industry surveys and those do really well but mm -hmm. the opinion content you're talking about the belief system content the values driven content i've struggled to get traction when i promote is there a way we could be thinking about content promotion differently for those non mm. like you know q4 data report where obviously like, we did a big covid report it's going to yeah. do well for us we did a big data report in q4 like q2 it did well for like that stuff does well but like my my thought leadership like more opinion stuff I've always struggled to get promoted. What do you, what's that, what can we do different? I mean, I think you should, the vector you need to take is a data or thought leadership. It's like novelty, right? So like the survey is, is novelty, right? You're exposing new storylines and thought lines like back to, with data. So we do the same thing. Like, I, I think this is a pretty standard like content playbook, right? Like survey who you want to survey and distill out like the learnings. Like that is useful, again, be useful to people. That is useful to the end person who is reading this, right? The thought leadership is one way of doing that. The survey is the other way of doing this. I don't think you should be precious about your methods here. You should just do whatever works. And when you find out it works, you should quadruple down on it before, like you should fully exhaust all paths before moving to the next thing. So I don't think it's like the fact that you put together that report and you think it's widely read and widely used, like the, why why spin your wheels trying to do this thought leadership all inside? Be really good at that. Like what's the unique thing you can put out into the world? And if it's that, go with it. So if all you could do, and I don't want to, because I think I, I, I kind of think on your here, right? So let's say my current strategy is I want to do 10 pieces of content. In your proposal would take your very best piece of content you know is going to hit and make that one piece exceptional and then take all your other resources to promote it, to make it better, to like host it on the site, come up with better right. UI, UX, like make it bitching, like the best freaking thing on the internet and do that once a quarter. And you can dedicate a full-time person to making it the greatest resource for one thing to your ideal customer persona and just knock that out of the park. And then anything else you do from there is fine. But if you just do that one thing, that's the strategy. Is that fair? Yes. Like, again, don't you can't get caught up in the format. So if someone's like, hey, I'll write 10 blog posts for your quarter, like that's not a strategy. Like that's just not, right? But when you do – when you do – Content where you're, it's essentially like running science experiments. Like anyone that tells you how this could work it or be prescriptive is like lying to you. The only thing that can work is you test a bunch of stuff, you see what their, if the right audience responds, and if they respond, you know you have something. So yeah. the moment you think you have something, like you need to like double and triple down on. So like as an example for us, we found that um, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, beginner there's a lot of beginners in the partnership space where they fall into the shop. They don't know the lay of the land. So the moment we started publishing like beginner stuff. Or, or, or like intro stuff, we saw like audience and reaction go up. Like, okay, this is a vertical for us to, to focus on. Like, cool. And we put that to the side and we moved on to the next thing, right? And like that's still going and we're moving on to the next thing. And that's that's like the at the heart of what a content editorial strategy is. Just what are people reacting to and what is useful to the people and exploring every avenue of that as much as you can. Don't just say I'm gonna do 15 tweets, I'm gonna do two webinars. I mean, that's 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 a that's a path to you know the dark side. <laughs> you're just going to be yeah, wasting I time. I love that. So for like us, it would be like, yeah, keep doing your shows. And then you have this one world-class resource and that's a better kind of strategy than average resource and a bunch of blogs and shows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, I it's, it's almost like you can be like the artist who drops one awesome album every three years and everyone like uses it and remembers it. Or you can put out like, 
crappy mixtapes every week that no one touches, right? Like you need, you need to break through and anything you have that breaks through is, is your ticket. Like take it. I love that. I love that. Now, is there anything in closing here, Sean, that we didn't talk about that you think, you know, we got to get final thoughts that you had in your head? I, I, I just want to reemphasize the, you, this is, is, is a people thing, right? Like people write for machines. They write for SEO, they write for Twitter, they write for the Facebook algorithm. And like those machines change and then end up screwing you out of your audience, right? Write for actual human beings, talk to actual human beings and what they care about, what they're upset about, what they struggle with and view it as your job to solve that problem via like insights, reporting, writing, data, anything you can. If you approach it with that lens, you're already ahead of I think 60% of the people who I love that. I love that. Well, Sean, how can anyone get a hold of you if they want to maybe ask question, follow up, or just be a part of your own personal audience? Is there a good way for people to get reach out? Sure. I'm at Sean Melanda on Twitter, SeanMelanda.com. Or if you're a SaaS company, a partner manager, a business development professional, check out Crossbeam. Start for free at Crossbeam.com. I love it. Hit up with it. Well, thank you so much, Sean, for being on the show today. And that is Sour and SaaS. Thanks, everybody.